freedom 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 over fame freedom over cycle stays the same welcome first of all welcome this is unsolicited perspectives i am your host bruce anthony thank you for listening and watching wherever you get your podcast and video podcast subscribe share like comment and rate us you can find us on instagram youtube and twitch at unsolicited underscore perspectives on twitter and tiktok at unsolicited underscore per watch us live every thursday night 7 30 p.m eastern on youtube and twitch our audience continues to grow with each and every episode and i humbly thank you today's episode this is a two-part episode I'm going to be interviewing Miss Olivia LaRue. She's a legal madam. This, ladies and gentlemen, this episode is for mature audiences only. Might be some cussing. Definitely going to be talking about sex work. But first things first. So today is part two of the interview with Miss Olivia LaRue the legal madam and sex therapist. Today, we get into a little bit more personal uh, aspects about her life and how that relates to her work. And it's something that we think about sometimes when we think about sex workers. But I'm going to be real honest because I talk to a lot of people out there. Y'all are going to get triggered. This is going to be triggering for some people, but I'm just going to go ahead and say it. A lot of people are out here judgy. And I know like everybody has some element of being judgmental. I'm like, I- I'm not above it. I- I'm not, I am not the pot calling the kettle black. I am the pot calling the kettle black. I I will be judgmental about some stuff too. I have certain things, and I'm not gonna put them out there because I don't want to upset anybody about what I'm judgy about, but there are absolutely some things that I'm judgmental on. I I think that's a natural thing, but it's most of the time it's born from ignorance, right? Like what we don't understand, we tend to judge and think negatively upon it because we don't understand it. And sometimes we don't want to try to understand it. We want to sit in that judginess. And I know I grew up in the church. I know people out there be judging. But at the same time, in their own personal lives, out there doing crazy stuff that they should be looking in the mirror. So a lot of times I think I feel people will judge sex sex workers. And we bring this up in the interview. And I talked to uh, Olivia about it that they will judge sex workers as the downtrodden. I didn't use that word in the interview, but I'm using it now. That's what people will look at, you know, that they're all drug users or been abused or self-medicating or depressed people. And that's not the case. That's not the case of sex workers that I've known in my own personal life, because what we found out, there are dancers, exotic dancers, strippers, that are that's a form of sex work. I know people who do OnlyFans. That's a form of sex work. Uh, and OnlyFans doesn't have to be 
uh, sex, right? Like actually intercourse. It could be just naked pictures or not even pictures at all, just twerk videos. I know some online, uh, some OnlyFans uh, people that just do twerk videos. That's a form of sex work. And I can tell you for a fact that they do that to pay bills, put their way through school. Like, if, if okay, I'm, I'm going to put you all behind the curtains. If I had a sexy body, okay, I do have a sexy body. That's number, that's number one. But like most men, I don't think are, are getting the money like women are getting. Okay. But if I was a female and sexy and attractive and trying to pay my way through school and I had the choice of doing Instacart, <laughs> right? Or doing the OnlyFans, I'm going to do an OnlyFans. I don't even understand how that's even in question. Like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do something to generate that income. And, but people will judge. And I'm hoping that by watching and listening to Miss Olivia Aru, that you won't judge, that you'll learn that these are just people just like you. They just do something a little bit different for a living. That's all. And honestly, everybody does something for money. That's what's called making a living. We all do different things. And there are people out there that do things that I wouldn't do. I wouldn't be a police officer. Not that I think the police officers are, are bad. I don't think that all police officers are bad. I've stated that several times before. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to put my life on the line every day that I go out to uh, work. Also, wouldn't be a firefighter. I'm not putting my life on the line to go out there and make money like that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. That's just me personally. But I damn sure I'm not going to judge other people for do it doing that. That's that's they're they're comfortable with that, you know. Some people do not want to try to create their own podcasts and put themselves on YouTube and all the podcast platforms where their voice is heard. Some people can't bring themselves to do that. That's what I chose to do. I chose to do something that's different than other people. Um, We all choose to do different things. That doesn't make us good or bad. Well, I mean, if you break the law and you're hurting people, um, hold on, not breaking the law. Because sometimes you can break the law and you're not hurting people. If you're hurting people, like if what you're doing is hurting people, then okay, right? But uh, Olivia is actually doing the opposite of that. She's not hurting people. She's helping people in the best way possible. But enough of my rambling. Here is part two of my interview with Miss Olivia LaRue. So you're not only a madam, a sex therapist, you're also a mother. How do you balance the role of a mother, being a mother in the sex industry? And have you faced have you faced any challenges with that? Thank you for asking that question. I have like a little joke, a little one-liner about that that I say, and it takes a special kind of woman 
to suck two dicks and then go to soccer practice. Hold on. Let me just put that out there. You don't have to be in the sex work business to be doing that <laughs> anyway. So <laughs> that I'm not just saying that I'm not saying that I know any people like that, but I might know some people like that and they're not in the sex work business. But but go on. Well, honey, uh, you know, you could be making some money doing what you're doing for free now. <laughs> well, wait so a minute. We can't, we can't do that because that's, uh, that's what, pandering? pandering? Yeah, that's pandering. <laughs> that's a family. We were just we were making jokes. That's what we're doing. We're making jokes. I'm just being lighthearted. Yes. Um, sometimes it can be a little tricky. Yeah. It's all about compartmentalization. Really, mm-hmm. it is. And it's, this goes hand in hand with not becoming emotionally attached to the work. Mm-hmm. Um, this is not the job for you if you have to be in love with someone to have sex with them. Mm. Um, this is the job for you if people called you a slut in high school. <laughs> uh, but uh, aren't there some women that that do what you do that maybe weren't? What, okay, fine. Hold on. Time out. They can call you a slut in high school. That doesn't mean that you were promiscuous in high school. That's number one. I want to make that clear because I know a lot of females that that got labeled that, but they weren't that because guys will off, often lie on their dicks. But mm. even if they were promiscuous, uh, okay, fine. But aren't there some situations where women were not promiscuous in high school and in college and entered the field relatively a novice sexually maybe <laughs> okay i've had one or two of them come through my doors uh they don't last very long uh, they tend to get emotionally attached there's nothing wrong with that if they find themselves a sugar daddy and they go off into the sunset together and that's great so i, I, I i'm going to get some men that are going to comment let me be clear. This is not my thought process, but we have some Neanderthals out there that are going to say that women can't have sex unless they're emotionally invested. Mm. What do you say to those men that think all the all women have to be emotionally invested in order to have a physical connection with somebody? Wow. <laughs> Okay. That's perfect. <laughs> That's perfect. What are some of the challenges you faced being a mother in the sex industry? Oh, yeah. There's uh, the challenges I face scheduling, you know. Mm-hmm. A lo- I mean, a lot of guys want a date late at night. Mm-hmm. And I just, I can't. I'm up early, you know. I turn mm-hmm. into a pumpkin at like nine o'clock. I'm in my jammy. <laughs> Uh, there's other girls out there who don't have kids or don't mind staying up late or have a different situation or whatever and go find them. That's fine. You know, that's just me. I need to have boundaries with my time. Um, it's important for me to know where my next shower is, especially if I'm going straight from work to soccer mm-hmm. practice. Um, yeah, Reno is a small town. There are men that are in my social circles of parenting Mm-hmm. that know what I do. They're, they get my newsletter and they read it like first thing and listen to all my podcasts and mm-hmm. they know all about it. And so uh, 
the challenge with that is going into you have to be okay with a certain transparency and a certain visibility mm -hmm. people are going to know yeah yeah people are going to know like it's the internet there's facial yeah. recognition yeah you can block out your face and you can do all this stuff if you really have to but i found that from my experience this might not be the case the escorts that have to block out their face and be super secretive and stuff, they live in this life of fear. They live in fear mm. and anxiety that people are going to find out. And a lot of, I don't have time for that. If you don't like what I do, fine. I really don't care. Mm -hmm. Have you had any issues with parents or the PTA or soccer moms or soccer coaches or anything like that, or, or just parents, the, the parents, of potentially kids that would be friends with your kids mm. and and just any judgment from them that would maybe your kids were friends with other kids and their parents were like no we don't want you to play with them yeah yeah that, 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 i've had a teaspoon or two of two of those you know it happens it happens mm -hmm. people are people yeah people are judgy i'm not hurting anybody I'm not doing their husbands, you know, or maybe I am, but I'm not going to tell them. <laughs> <laughs> I was just getting ready to ask that, but I didn't want to put it out there. I didn't want to say it. What What is the conversation like with your kids in situations like that? If that's too personal of a question, obviously you don't have to answer that, but I'm just curious. What, what is that conversation with your kids uh, about what you do and if if you get any type of parental backlash from other people. So I have two boys and they're teenagers and I feel like I'm extra blessed because I feel like boys, they are, they're just more chill about things mm -hmm. and they're chill about this. Mm -hmm. um, I told him I'm a sex therapist and that's my job, you know. They want to know more about my work now that they're getting older, and I feed them little bits that are humorous and or come with a lesson about how to talk to women. Mm. Like just the other day, one of them caught me looking at my phone and making a face like, ah, you know, and they wanted to know why. And I'm like, this person's being rude to me and using rude language. Mm -hmm. Don't Don't treat women like that, you know. And that seems to be good enough now so i can't see the future mm -hmm. hopefully they won't hate me but i'm paying the bills they have a nice warm house mm -hmm. they have a nice car all the things that they want and if they can't understand that i don't know what to tell them how is your relationship with them it seems like just from your description that you guys are close Oh, we're super close. I mean, mm. they're mama's boys. Mm. They're, they're mama's boys, for sure. I love my boys. I'm a mama bear. <laughs> Do not get between me and my kids. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I do this for them. I mean, right. yeah, I get some satisfaction out of it. Sure, I love, I love validation and all that stuff. But mm -hmm. really, at the end of the day, I'm doing this for them. Because if you remember, I was a chef. Right. We were in the food industry. Mm -hmm. Long hours. Yes. Tired. Yes. It comes with a whole host of problems being in that industry. It does. I was never home. 
it's not a good industry for a mom with two young kids. Yeah. This way, I get to be home with them more. I get to drive them around to all their things. You know, I work two hours a day and I make what other people make in a week. Ain't nothing wrong with that. So you said something earlier. Go for it. Yeah, I think you said something earlier. You have a podcast. Promote your podcast right now. Oh, I don't have a podcast. I'm just on people's podcasts. Oh, okay. You're just on people's Okay. I thought you said you had a podcast and I was like, that didn't come up in my research, but you brought it up. So let me, let me go ahead and promote that for you. Thank you. You go on my website, you'll see all the other podcasts I was on, but this one is really good. Speaking of which, perfect segue. You brand, you're branded as the Wild West MILF. Mm-hmm. Can you tell me a little bit about how you developed that brand and what it means to you? Sure. Thanks for asking. Um, I love the Wild West. I love the, the vision that it gives me and the fantasy and the iconography. And, you know, side note, like Nevada, like any gold rush town, the churches, the schools, the community centers, they were all built and funded by prostitutes. Hello. Okay. You get a bunch of miners coming out to the middle of nowhere frontier. Mm-hmm. Who do you think is going to follow them? The hookers. And then who gets all the money? The hookers. And then they have kids. Where are mm-hmm. the kids going to go? Somebody needs to build the schools. The miners aren't going to do it. You know, oh. it makes sense, right? So yeah. I'm kind of piggybacking off of that historical reference. Okay. But also I am a MILF. Like I am not a lot of things, but I am a MILF. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to double down on what I am. <laughs> <laughs> Plus I like cow- cowboy hats and turquoise and boots and silver. I love all that. So Okay. Anyway, it's kind of easy. <laughs> uh, yeah, that is. And, and, and while we're on that, can you go ahead and promote your website and some of the some of the services that you provide on your website? So Thank you. All my listeners can go ahead and, and go there and check that oh. out. Thank you, Bruce. I totally would love to. It's www.livelarue.com. L-I-V-L-A-R-U-E. Live LaRue. And on that website, you will see pictures of me. You will get to read testimonials from other clients and you'll get my blog, which is full of all kinds of entertaining anecdotes. But the services I offer besides companionship are new hobbyist consultations. So a hobbyist is a client Mm -hmm. and lots of times um, men don't know how to hire an escort. They don't know the right way to do it, which I understand it is um, super scary to do. Uh, so I will help them. I will walk them through that and I'll get them hooked up with the right channels, and the right ways to do things, the lexicon, you know, I'll even find them some girls that might be good matches for them. Oh. I'll also mentor new escorts like we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That's on a percentage or hourly, depending on how we set it up. And um, what else? Well, besides all the other businesses I have, that's pretty much it. Companionship, mentoring, and consultation. Okay. All right. Yeah, I don't do cam. I just, this is about as virtual as I get right here. Okay. Well, once again, <laughs> I'm thankful that you got this virtual with me so that we can do this interview. Thank you.
Um, so in your opinion, what are steps that can be taken to make sex work more socially acceptable? Because we've already talked about how we can make sex work safer. How do we make it more socially acceptable? What can we do to change? I, I'm not going to say what I was going to say. I'm, I'm not going to put, yeah, I'm not going to say what I was going to say, but how there, there's a certain group of people that obviously are extremely against sex work, but, and I'm not going to brand them right now, but how do we make this more socially <laughs> acceptable um, to the masses? <sighs> Thanks for asking. Yeah. I feel like it's heading in that direction with the OnlyFans and the the cam artists and, you know, Pornhub and the virtual world that we live in is exposing what used to be in the dark. Mm-hmm. But we still lack um, organized health care. You know, we, we lack acceptance like you like you said, I don't know the steps that we can take to change society's idea. It's so ingrained in us. It's in the it's in the Bible, you know. It's thousands of years old that a woman shouldn't sell her body. It's going to be hard to change that, but we can just be nicer to people. That's... That's the running theme in this podcast uh, and all of my episodes. Can we just be nicer to people? And and besides, sex work is, as they say, the oldest occupation. That's right. Sex work is the oldest profession. It's not going anywhere. (laughs) People that do it, if they enjoy it, it's not hurting anybody. Right. Now, there is a whole industry that does hurt people. We can talk about that trafficking if you want. You know, that's bad. That's bad, bad, bad. Well, a lot of people will throw the two together, right? Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people will say the people that are against um, legalizing, let's say, prostitution, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Because like, a lot of sex work is, is already legal. Like as you la- uh, laid it out. Dancing is already legal. OnlyFans is legal. Like a lot of it's already legal. We're talking specifically prostitution, which isn't uh, legal anywhere else except for in in Nevada. Correct. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and and a lot of people that that will say that 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 it shouldn't be socially acceptable is because of trafficking. I I don't know if you have any because you're in it, I don't know if you have any raw numbers, but just in, in where you are, is that something that is prevalent? I feel like where I am, it might not be as prevalent as in other places where sex work is frowned upon heavily. Mm-hmm. I don't think that making sex work illegal does anything to stop sex trafficking so even if we made it legal there would still be sex trafficking if we made it legal it might have an effect on sex trafficking i don't know i'm not a sex trafficking expert mm-hmm. you know i i wish i wish i had a better answer for you that's okay i prefer to live in like this love and light world and i don't go into the darkness so much yeah but i know it's there uh, and it's sad 
super sad. I think that the, like in 2018, they passed legislature that made um, websites liable for what they advertise. So all the escort ad websites got shut down. Mm. And they did that to prevent sex trafficking. I feel like all that did was send sex trafficking underground and upset a lot of legal independent escorts that couldn't advertise anymore. Mm. So I just don't know if we're going about it the right way. I'm open to learning more. This is Bruce Anthony's argument. What I'm about to say does not apply to Miss Olivia LaRue. When we made alcohol illegal, it propped up organized crime. Mm-hmm. It caused violence. We saw, you know what? Let's just go ahead and make this alcohol legal again. And then all of a sudden you saw a re- an extreme reduction in crime because you took out the criminality in it. As you see a sweeping change of drug laws changing and more and more states mm-hmm. making marijuana legal, you see the drug traffickers really aren't, tra- they're still involved in it, but the violence for marijuana has decreased. If you made sex work, more specifically prostitution, legal, there are still going to be traffickers, just like there's still people who sell alcohol illegal, just like there's still people who sell uh, cigarettes illegally, um, just like there's still people in in areas where there is legal marijuana that still sell uh, sell marijuana illegally because there are steps that you need to go to to be able to sell legally. There's always going to be a criminality element, but you reduce the violence associated with it when you legalize it. That's just my little two cents. Everybody knows I like to get on my soapbox and talk that ish, but that's just the way I feel. And once again, these are my opinions, not Miss Olivia LaRue. Just want to make that clear. But I second that. Okay, well, she seconded it. She seconded everything I just said. So we're going to yeah. roll with that. I'll co-sign that. Um, okay, that so was this- very eloquent, by the way. Oh, thank you. Sometimes I got away with words every now and then. every two Fridays, it works out for me. Um, So what is some advice that you give to people Mm -hmm. that are entering or consider entering the sex work industry? Don't be desperate. Mm. Rule number one. What does that to be desperate? What does that do? When we are desperate, we make decisions out of desperation and they are not always in our best interest, and we put ourselves in a dangerous situation. Mm. Or we settle for less than what we're worth, and we feel bad about ourselves later. Okay. Yes. I can that's definitely rule number tell, one. I can definitely mm-hmm. tell you that's not just sex work. I, I'm a personal trainer, and, and every now and then I, I put my dollar limit lower than what it should be, and I'm like, I'm wasting my time here. This is not what I should have done. But Back to um, your advice for sex workers. Well, rule number two is don't count the money until it's in your hand. Mm. Okay, because there's plenty of future tripping. Oh, I'm going to, this guy made an appointment with me for tomorrow. I'm going to use that money to pay my rent. Oh, what happens when he cancels? 
Don't count the money till it's in your hand. Don't count the money till your hand. Okay. All yeah, right. and <clears throat> my rule number three is kind of dated, and it makes me sound old. Um, but I'm going to say it anyway. We are like evil Knievel, and we get paid for the attempt. You do not need to bust your back trying to make a man Orgasm. do something that he can't do. Huh. Or won't well, there, do. Well, it's it's a time limit though, right? So Yeah. But but I guess I guess people would take pride in their work. Um sure. And want to make sure that the person is satisfied. I, I don't even think that's just work. I think that's just in personal life, too. So I mm -hmm. guess there would be something mental about, I'm going to make this happen. Ah, yeah. okay. And they're counting on that. And there's people, there's clients who count on that mentality and then use it against us. So they can have an hour-long blowjob. <laughs> Time out. Mom, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> mom, mom's listening. I'm sorry. I've had more than just a few situations where I've been had situations like that, and I never wanted it to last for an hour. Mm. I don't. That seems painful. Uh, ooh, that's a question that I have. How how often are situations where guys are just making themselves do things that is actually detrimental to them, like painful. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that happens. That's a thing. What do you say to them in, in, that, in that moment? Depends on my mood. <laughs> okay, give me an example of a good mood and a bad mood. Um, I don't know if we're talking about the same thing right now, but if, if they're holding back, on purpose? Mm. Is that what we're talking about? Or? No. Well, maybe not holding back, but maybe just like you said, rule number three, don't break your back to try and make them accomplish something. Mm -hmm. Well, mm -hmm. on the flip side to that, the, the flip side is if the guy can't, right, he's going to keep and going. Then wanging and away. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, I have my sex therapy training that I, I lean on, but you know, if I didn't have that, I would, it's something along the lines of, honey, let's just take a break. Let's just relax. Just relax. Mm -hmm. relax. Let me give you a background. You know, it's okay. It's okay mm -hmm. if it's not going to happen. It's like, usually what, nine times out of 10, it's because they were going to come in like the first 30 seconds, but then they held back and now they can't come at all. Mm -hmm. That's how it goes. And it's like, don't do that. We're not going to leave. Uh, you know, we'll still be here and maybe we can do it again. Oh, so it's, it's a time. It's not a act. It depends on the girl. Depends on the girl. Okay. So, mm -hmm. so the girl could say, all right, that's been enough for today. You, you got what you wanted. I'm out. Yeah, they could. Okay. Yeah. That, that's been interesting. Do you have anything to add that that we didn't touch on during the during the conversation i've taken um, up too much of your time but no, this good. is this is a conversation that i've been eager to to talk about so for both clients and providers hobbyists and escorts it's all about doing your research mm -hmm. that's my advice 
um, do your research. There's plenty out there now. When I started, there wasn't as much out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's plenty out there now. There's really no excuse not to do your research. If you're getting ripped off, it's because you didn't do your research. <laughs> what Ripped off as in? There's lots of scam artists, you know? There's yeah. girls that de- demand a deposit and then they just like ghost you. Like, mm. I ask for a deposit, but you can read on my website and you can go online off my website and you can see I'm five stars. Like, if mm. I were ripping people off, I wouldn't have five stars. Exactly, yeah. But I'm not driving two hours to South Lake Tahoe to show up at a place that isn't actually there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, <laughs> yeah. you got to put a little skin in the game here. Right. But that's just me. Um, but, you know, girls get scammed. Guys get scammed. We Just do your research, you know? Just do your research. Just do yeah. your research. Or call me. Or, that's right. And and what's that website again? LiveLaRue.com. That's where you can get all of your... All of your advice, all of your companionship needs met, um, if everything. I'm here for you. Miss Olivia LaRue, I want to thank you. <laughs> I want to thank you, one, for giving me the time because this went longer um, than I originally anticipated, but it was such a good conversation and I, and I appreciate you sticking in here with me for this conversation. I appreciate you doing this interview and people, uh, y'all should have learned. This is, this was a lot of information about an industry that's growing, that's becoming more and more mainstream mm-hmm. and get your mind not the gutter. This is all good stuff. <laughs> Money can buy you love. I don't know if I agreed with you. A lot of stuff. Money can't buy you love. Just like money can't buy you love. It can put a down payment on happiness, but love, it can buy you lust. How about that? I, you know, I have love for all my clients, even if it's just for an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you again. I really, really appreciate it. So in this interview, Olivia told us a little bit more about a personal life. We know that she's a mother that takes damn good care of her kids, uh, that provides for her, her children, that has honest conversations with her sons. And that's really dope. Um, I commend her on having that type of relationship. It's so funny because, you know, I have, I know people that have kids. And I know people who have kids at different ages and I'm not a parent, so I can't comment on what it's like being a parent. I can only imagine what type of parent that I would be because I remember what type of parents that my, that my parents were and my parents were younger, right? They had me at a very young age. My mom was 23 when I was born. She was born a day before me. My birthday is a day after my mom's. My dad was 21, about to turn 22. They were kids. They were in college. They were kids. Part of the benefit of having young parents is they're not that far removed from the stuff that you're going through so that they're able to talk to you about things and and, and still relate to you on some way. I have cousins and a goddaughter who's about the same age difference as I am to my parents. And the conversations I have with them, granted, they're not my kids, is the closest thing that I have to kids. They're not my kids, but the conversation that we have is very candid. So I would imagine 
being the product of two people who had very candid conversations with me growing up and having candid conversations with uh my goddaughter and my younger cousins that I would be a parent that would have candid conversations. And when you have those type of conversations, your kids will come to you and can talk to you about, about stuff. And they won't, kids are still going to hide things from you, right? But the more open you are as a parent to not reject them or shut them down for conversations that they want to have, the more open they are going to be to talk to you. So Olivia saying that, hey, when her sons ask her a question, she's opening up and, and telling them what's going on. And that's dope. And there's still that fear. There's a fear when I talk to mom, the fear that Olivia has about what her kids will think about her. I, I don't really, I, I didn't say this in an interview and I regret not saying it in an interview, but I'm gonna say it now because I know Olivia will be watching. That don't, I don't think that has anything to do with what you do for a living at all. I think that's what all parents fear, right? Is that in relationship that they have with their children and are their children going to think that they did a good job? And I know this personally because I have conversations with my parents and that is something often that they will come to me and they'll say, well, I made a mistake here and I made a mistake here. I hope you don't don't hold that against me. And I say to my parents all the time, look, I reconcile with the fact that you were not perfect because you're a human being and human beings are not perfect. So there's no reason why any child, once they grow up to become adult, should ever think that their parents are perfect. People aren't perfect, but that doesn't mean that the parents didn't do a good job. My parents did a good job. They did a good job. And Olivia is doing a good job. Olivia is doing a great job. And the fact that she has to deal with the BS judginess of other people uh, bothers me. But that's also, I, I want to coin what she said. Can't we all just be nicer? I mean, I, I don't want to, I don't want to bring, uh, <laughs> I don't want to bring, can't we all just get along in there? But yeah, like, can't we just be decent human beings to each other? Right. No matter what you believe in as far as religion or spirituality or if you even believe in any of that stuff, all of it reduced to just be decent to your next person. And Olivia is one of the most decent people that I've met. Uh, like I said in previous segments, I'm really proud of this interview. I'm really thankful that Olivia took the time. This was longer than most of my interviews. That's the reason why I broke it down into two parts, uh, because it was just the conversation and I had a list of questions and I got to all of the questions I wanted to get to. But as she said something, more questions and like, wait a minute, hold on. I got to follow up with this one. Um, so I hope you guys enjoyed it. Once again, I told you there's always an overarching thing to all of my podcasts. And as you've gotten to know me, this is over 30 podcasts now. Even if you haven't listened to all of them you and you listen to the majority of them, you know what the theme is, being decent and learning and being op introducing yourself to different things in life. And like I said, I like interviewing interesting people. That is my niche niche. 
that is what I like to do. I like to talk to interesting people and find out about their lives and how they got to where they are. And Olivia has a fascinating life. Uh, once again, I am thankful for the interview. And I'm going to stop rambling because that's what I'm doing right now. But that's okay. That's okay. Because that's the reason why y'all come here to, to listen to me. I might I might go off tangent a little bit, but I'm going to bring it all back. So, yeah. Yeah, this was a good interview. I'm proud of it. Uh, I hope y'all learned something and got something out of it. And until next time, I'm a holler. Thank you for listening to Unsolicited Perspectives with Bruce Anthony. Please subscribe, like, comment, share, and donate. Donations help us keep giving you this free content each and every week. Until next time, out of 5,000. Peace.